0: Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School Podcast. This is episode 240. We're going to do it. We're going to hit 250 by December 31st. Yeah, we are. Uh, 10 episodes. That's a mini sprint. That's an easy sprint. We got this. 240. And today I'm actually going to share a... Recording with you that we did a few, a couple of months ago inside of Warrior School. Each week we do live coaching calls and live teaching calls. So these are group calls where all the Warriors can come on live uh, and I'm leading the call. And so a couple of months ago we did a two-part series on progressive overload. And I spoke about potentially recording a podcast episode on this topic. On the back of uh, an episode I did a little while ago, I think it was episode 233, I was asked a question about how heavy should I be lifting to get strong and build the body that I love. And so in that episode, I talk about how much weight we should be lifting to get stronger. And I talk about the three different types of strength and how to improve them. And I share some key weight milestones for the squat, the deadlift, the pull up, the push up and the strict press and how to work towards them. And I spoke about the importance of progressive overload. But in that episode, I didn't dive deep into progressive overloads. And the five to six key variables or key ways that you can actually implement progressive overload into your training. So I I pulled these out of the archive. The cool thing is, is that I record them. And so for the warriors that can't make the live group coaching calls on our community home and hub circle, I have all of the live... Uh, coaching and teaching calls recorded. So there's a whole hub of resources on there. So I've pulled them out uh, and it's a two-part series. And I thought that I would share them with you. And this is not something that I do very often uh, because a lot of the the teaching calls uh, are saved for my Warriors. And it's kind of like the inside scoop inside of Warrior School, which if you want access to... Uh, me, and if you want to uh, get your hands on like hours and hours and hours of live coaching and teaching calls on all of these very cool topics that are going to help you approach your training uh, and redefine how you see exercise and your life, you got to come and join Warrior School. You got to come and then you can come into the school and not only work with me one on one for a year to redefine how you see exercise, your training and your life and to get uh, insane energy, build insane strength and to create the body that you love. You also have access to all of the other badass warriors and all of our group stuff. So we do. Uh, live online coaching and teaching calls live events we do in-person live events which there's going to be something so epic coming next year for our in-person live event i've just started to think about it and plan it but if you if you want help with how to approach all of this training health and fitness stuff you've got to come and check out warrior school Anyway, so I'm going to share with you the live recordings or the recorded (laughs) recording from the live session, and it's going to be a two-part series. So this is part one, where we talk about the first few variables of progressive overload, and then I'll share part two, where we talk about the last few variables of progressive overload. So if you are training currently, but you feel like you're not making progress or it's not as effective or efficient as you would like, this episode will help you. It will help you understand how to think about and apply progressive overload. How I talk about it with my warriors is make it harder. (laughs) We always want to think about making it harder or demanding more from ourselves and our training in a respectful way but if we truly want to build insane strength and we want to get really strong and we want to create the body that we love we've got to train hard there's this idea out there that we shouldn't push ourselves or train hard but to be honest if you want to create that body that you love you know, if you look at all of those powerful, strong, amazing, fit, athletic women, you know, that you look up to, these women train hard. These women know how to apply progressive overload. They use all the variables that I'm going to talk about today in the session. So please enjoy this very special, I guess, edition episode Uh inside scoop into how to powerfully apply progressive overload to your training. Welcome to our live teaching call on progressive overload. This is part one. Uh, It's been a little bit of a wild ride to get here. (laughs) Last week uh, we had a, a major technical issue and so we actually just ended up spending the time together just like old girlfriends. You know, we we all had our coffee or our hot tea or our hot chocolate, and we just sat in the room together and <laughs> spent like 45 minutes just chatting, which was divine and delicious. So I'm recording this uh, solo on my own, <laughs> and then we're going to do part two on Friday. So if you can make it, I highly recommend come bring a hot drink and we'll do progressive overload part two. All right, let's dive in. I'm just going to pull up a couple of notes here. So why do a teaching call on progressive overload? Well, I think sometimes in our training, we can find it really hard to find that sweet spot, you know, that perfect balance between uh, pushing hard enough and being able to recover well or the perfect balance between technique, weight, quality and control within the actual movement. So there's a couple of ways that we could view progressive overload uh, We could view it kind of on a macro level, which is, you know, we want progressive overload in life. Uh, We want to make progress over time in a way that's really sustainable. Uh, And so we want our practice to progress over time, which is what you're really doing inside of Warrior School. You know, you're starting with building your foundation and then with the training work, we're progressing that training over time. And it never stops. You know, I'm 14 years deep uh, into my training journey and I'm still applying progressive overload to the training practice. Then we can zoom in and we can apply progressive overload in like a periodized manner so we can you know do blocks of training uh that are you know helping us make progress over time and then within each training session we can apply progressive overload to particular movements within that session but what often happens is that a lot of us can err on the side of caution and we don't actually push ourselves uh, hard enough or we, we, we're we not sure what we're really capable of. So we don't push the weight, uh, we don't push ourselves too much, we don't feel confident in applying this principle of progressive overload. We really can serve and that doesn't really serve us because You know, we want to shorten the long way home. We want this journey to be really effective and really efficient. And so, learning how to confidently progress your training or your training session or a particular movement is a really important skill. You know maybe we do this because we have a fear of injury or we have uh, a really common one is this fear of not being able to finish the session this idea that if we go out hard we push ourselves too hard at the start that we're not going to be able to to finish uh the, the session that's programmed which often isn't true, you know, the human body is amazing. She's capable of so much and if we're fueling well, recovering well, uh, she can blow your damn mind. She really can. And so we really need to, you know, we need to check ourselves when it comes to the stories that we're telling ourselves around training, uh, pushing ourselves, lifting heavier, and often it's a fear of injury or not being able to finish the session. Then for others, so for some of you, you're really driven by the weight. So how much weight that you can lift, and it's often your only measure of success. <laughs> and sometimes that's at the detriment to your technique, uh, to the quality of the movement. And for a long time, this was how I measured success. So when I was Olympic weightlifting, you know, I was always known as the pretty lifter. The you know, the one that had the best technique, it was, you know, it was so beautiful to watch me lift, but I was never the strongest. And so for me, I always defined my success or my worth or my progress or how well a session went on how much weight I could lift. And that, you know, created a really negative attachment with the bar and with weightlifting So often our default is just to measure our progress by the amount of weight that we can lift. Now, for sure, weight is a really important uh, variable. It's a a really cool way to progress a movement and our training, but it is not the only way which we're going to talk about today. So how do we find our sweet spot? You know, this beautiful sweet spot within our training sessions that allows us to progress and push ourselves harder so we can create and build the body that we love, that we, you know, we can get stronger and feel better and feel more confident in our body. The only way that our body composition is going to change is through fueling well and training really hard and p- applying progressive overload to that training. So the sweet spot really is this combination of performing the movement correctly so we actually get the most out of it, pushing ourselves hard enough so we're making gains uh, and really being sure that we're not just measuring our success by how much we lift and then we need to be recovering really well. The secret is really about combining all of the variables in the right way and introducing fresh stress to our body, to our muscles. So if we have the variables right, and we'll talk about the five or six variables that uh, we can apply to achieve progressive overload in a second. If we have the variables right, the movement should feel good and progress over time, and our body will change. If we have the variables right, our training should feel good and progress over time, and our body will change. So, how do we do that? You know, what are the variables, and how do we uh, how do we get the balance right or the combination right? It's kind of like this cool cocktail mix and we want to use all of them because they're all important and we want to combine them uh, in the right way. So there are about five key variables in your session. So, you know, you could pull up your, your training session right now and look at a day of programming. And what you're going to see is that there are movements or exercises there There are sets, there are reps, there is a prescribed weight, there's a prescribed rest, and often I'm going to prescribe you a tempo. I've got a few more up my sleeve. There's not only, you know, five ways that we can progress. There are many ways that we can progress our training, but they're kind of like our five key variables when we're looking at a training session. So what I thought that we could do for our first, you know, the first part is to look at what is progressive overload? Uh, how do we introduce new stresses on our body? And then I'll, I wanted to talk you through kind of like the 10 uh, rules uh, of progressive overload. And then we're going to look at the first few variables, which is quality and control, range of motion and tempo. Then uh, we can do a really cool exercise where you prescribe progressive overload to a training program. And then I can give you a little bit of a framework uh, to use in your training when it comes to progressing these variables. So I actually had some questions for you that we were going to jump into breakout groups and I might even bring them into the part two call on Friday. So I have four questions for you. The first is, what does progressive overload mean to you? So when you hear the word progressive overload, what comes to mind? What does it mean to you? The second question is, What don't you feel confident about when it comes to progressive overload? Where where do you feel unsure? Where's your gap? Uh, Where do you have trouble when it comes to making your training harder or progressing certain things in your training? Is it uh, weight? Is it uh, the tempo or the quality? Is it knowing what one you should prioritize? The third question is what holds you back? when it comes to making your training harder. So what holds you back? Is it your energy? Uh, is it fear of injury? Is it fear that you you know, won't be able to complete the session? Is it not feeling confident in uh, being able to progress it? Not sure, not sure what that looks like. Uh, and then the last one is, what questions do you have when it comes to making your training harder? So those are your four questions and I will ask them on Friday's call and we'll do a bit of a breakout group together with them. But something for you to think about and marinate on and in uh, and hopefully you can come to Friday's call. Okay, so let's talk about progressive overload. Basically, progressive overload is just progressively overloading the body to create new stress or stimulus on the body over time. Uh, So then the body can adapt and get stronger. And if we fail to do this properly, so if we fail to apply progressive overload, the body gets used to the stimulus and our results plateau. And as I said, we really just, we focus on weight as like the main variable and i believe it really gets overused when it comes to progressive overload we get so stuck on trying to increase uh, the weight on the bar and it can often leave us making really small improvements in our training and to our body composition so we really want to harness some of these other key variables and apply them to our training so we can get better and bigger progress all right so basically it's just putting new stress on the body so there are many ways we can put new stress on the body so what is what do i mean by stress on the body so exercise training are biological stresses the body reacts to exercise very similar as it does to other stresses. So the body can't tell if it's a good or bad stress. The body just knows that it's under stress. And exercise is a stressor. It's an amazing stressor. Uh, It's an acute form of stress. And it's actually really great for our immune system, our inflammation, and we need to put the body under stress in order for us to uh, break down muscle tissue and then get stronger uh, and make gains or in order for us to change our body composition. So basically what happens is when we're applying new stress on the body through training, we're pulling that body out of homeostasis and that leads to this adaptive response. So the body kind of dips below you know, we've been talking a lot about this idea of baseline. So you have this baseline, so where your body's at right now, uh, strength-wise, you know, body composition-wise, and then we're training and then the body is going to be pulled off that baseline or out of homeostasis and we're going to have an adaptive response if we're uh, nourishing our body, recovering well, training properly in the right way, and then we... Uh, have an ad- adaptation, so we get stronger. We're building more muscle. We're, you know, losing fat. So the body's response to this single bout of exercise. So say you do a training session. It's regulated by the principles of homeostasis. So really, it's the body's ability to maintain this very stable internal environment. Uh, And then we exercise, and what happens is that we change the pH of the body, we change the oxygenation of the body, the blood glucose concentration of the body, the body temperature, but then we want it to return, uh, and we want to adapt to get fitter and stronger. The type of adaptation is really dependent on the stimulus that we give the body, and Uh, So, for example, if we want to grow muscle, you know, we need to give the body the right stimulus to break down the muscle tissue to then grow more muscle. So we want to focus more on hypertrophy training. So we have different phases of stress. So we have an acute phase of stress. uh, We have a chronic phase of stress and then an exhaustion phase of stress. And we want to put the body in an acute phase of stress because then we have this uh, adjustment adjustment that happens. uh, And exercising over a long period of time is a chronic stressor, but it's a positive chronic stressor if we're in high energy availability and we're recovering well. We don't want to go into the exhaustion phase, which is Got negative consequences. So, a lot of you have been in the exhaustion phase where you're in low energy availability and the body is really stressed and you're potentially pushing too hard in training and you get these um, adaptations that are quite negative happening. So, let's look at there was a meta analysis which was published in 2021. I'm just going to bring up a, a note on it here. And they found that progressive overload is an effective training strategy for improving strength and muscle hypertrophy. The analysis involved 43 studies and 1,152 participants. And the results showed that progressive overload produced significantly greater improvements in strength and muscle. So in strength training, that stress comes from increasing the intensity through resistance. It could be volume through additional sets and reps. It could be the frequency at which we train. It could be increasing the workout density, so the amount of work that we're doing within a session. It could be altering our work-to-rest ratio. It could be uh, playing around with the tempo or the quality of the movement. And it can be varying the type of exercises that we are going to do so you want to expose your body to an increasing level of stress that helps create adaptation but isn't so high that your body has a negative response to it and this is finding that sweet spot the key to a successful progressive overload is increasing stress through overall volume resistance which is weight time and quality at a sustainable rate that will help you make gains over time without leading to injury all right so we're going to focus on the first few variables of the five variables so there are five variables main variables so we've got the quality and the range of motion the tempo are reps and sets, which is under the umbrella of volume. We've got the weight, which is under an intensity. Then we've got the rest to work ratio, which is the fifth. So I wanted to talk through the 10 rules of progressive overload. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, rule number one, progressive overload starts with whatever you can do with perfect technical form. That's rule number one, and this is why we are focusing on quality, range of motion, and tempo as the first variables of progressive overload. And that is rule number one when it comes to your training and within the session is that it starts with whatever you can do with perfect technical form. Now, perfect, that can be a... um, an interesting word we aren't perfect structural human beings i don't expect the perfect squat technique there isn't such a thing you know there's no such thing as a um you know a good or a bad movement there's just lack of preparation and when we're starting out and we haven't really lifted before and we might be weak and we might have imbalances technically you know we're we're still learning so perfect is with what you can do right now uh and perfect really means with control with quality and you're really focusing on those quality and standards that I set within the exercise video you're adhering to the tempo and this is why a lot of you start with body weight strength training because we want to perfect the technique you should be able to do it with your own body Bodyweight weight strength training is really the foundation in which all other training should be built on. And so we're always trying to do the movement with the best technique possible, because that is going to allow us to get the most out of the movement. So we're always prioritizing the execution of the movement. Do I have, am I meeting the quality and standards that Amy's setting for the movement? Am I able to control my body or control the weight? Do I have full range of motion? And can I adhere to the tempo prescribed? The second rule is that progressive overload is different for beginners compared to more advanced lifters. So at the start of your journey, you have beginner gains. So you actually can make, you know, progressive overload for you. It's kind of like, (sighs) it's a very steep, cool curve, But then, you know, maybe a year, a year and a half in or a couple of years into your journey, you have to work harder or we have to change our approach of how we progress. Uh, At the start, when you have beginner gains, it can be very focused on the weight uh, and, yes, like executing, obviously, the movement correctly. But as you get deeper into your journey, we need to be a little bit more clever with how we progress our training, Uh, because our gains don't come as easy. I love to tell the story about uh, Lu zha He's one of the best Chinese weightlifters in the world, and he's in, I think, the 84-kilo class. It took him four years to put, I think it was one or two kilos on his snatch, four years, Uh, because he had been lifting for like 15, 20 years, four years just for two kilos, Uh, And so the deeper you get into the journey, the harder we have to work for, for, especially to increase the weight on the bar. Number three is that progressive overload can be achieved in a variety of ways. And I can think of 12. Uh, I wrote down 12 ways here, and I'm just going to share them with you so we can kind of just expand the mind that it's so much more than the weight. All right so lifting the same load for increased uh distance which means increased range of motion so say i'm squatting and my squat i can only squat to parallel at a certain weight or just below parallel what i can do is stay at that same weight and push for a deeper squat over time so that is a form of progressive overload lifting the same load and volume with better form, more control, and less effort so you're more efficient. So, again, we can use the squat example is that I can lift that same weight with the same amount of sets and reps, but I can do it better, and I can have better form, better technique, better quality, more tension, uh, and I can do it with less effort. So there's a sense of ease that comes With that movement, I can lift the same load for more reps. So the same weight on the bar for that squat, but I can do an extra rep or two. So that's increasing the volume. I can lift heavier loads. uh, So I can increase the intensity by increasing the weight and do the same reps and sets. I can lift the same weight and do the same reps and sets with less rest time between the sets. So that would be increasing the density uh, of the training session. So getting more work done in a period of time. I could lift a load with more speed and acceleration. So I could stay at that same load and I could actually have more power and speed out of the bottom. And that's what they do a lot with with athletes. They actually measure the velocity and the speed and the force produce uh, as a really key measurement of progressive overload. I can do more work in the same amount of time. Again, that's density. So I can have you know the the kind of a time frame set and try and do more work in that time. I can do the same work in less amount of time again playing with the work rest ratio or the density of the session I can do more sets with the same load and reps so that's volume I can lift the same amount of weight at the same volume more often throughout the week so we could increase the frequency that we're doing the movement so in warrior queen uh The first Warrior Queen challenge, you squatted twice a week. So we could even have you squatting three times a week and that would uh, be a form of progressive overload. I can do the same work while losing body mass. And so some of you that are in Warrior Queen right now and you're uh, experiencing body composition changes, so your weight is decreasing, but you're lifting the same amount of weight. So that is a form of progressive overload because the your weight to, um, I guess, work ratio um, is improved. You can lift the same weight at the same volume and then you can extend past technical failure with forced reps or negatives or drop sets or clusters. Uh, and so we can actually play around with you know, staying at that same uh, barbell weight for our squat, but then we can play around with multiple variables within it to progress. So clusters I've used with you before. I did those this morning in my training session. So I was on the pendulum squat machine and I could do six reps at the weight that I had on the machine. Then I rested for ten seconds, and then I did a rep. Rested for ten seconds and did a rep. I actually got four or five more reps out within that set than I could do with just doing six. Uh, uh, so there, there are about twelve different ways. Uh, rule number four is progressive overload will never be linear. And that's a bold one. Progressive overload will never be linear. And this is where we really uh, come up against a bit of like friction around focusing on weight as being our main um, variable for success or progress uh, is because that the weight can be impacted by lots of different things. So our recovery, where we are in our cycle, our overall, like, training volume and where the session is within the week, uh, you know, how well we feel ourselves the day before, our stress, lots of different variables impact, uh, you know, our our training. And so if we're just focusing on the weight, you know, the weight is kind kind of going to reach an exhaustion point. So say we're squatting and we're doing a certain amount of sets and reps at a certain amount of weight and we've, you know, slowly progressed that weight, over time maybe three four or five weeks and then we kind of hit a plateau and we can't add any more weight to the bar at that kind of uh, volume or intensity uh and so then we we just like keep doing that weight to try and keep making progress on the weight but we just get stuck and reach a plateau and so we need to use other variables to progress that movement and that will never be linear Progressive overload, this is the next one. Number five, progressive overload will never be as fun as it is during your first three to six months of lifting, even a year as your first year of lifting. I would say <laughs> it's pretty fun in that first three, six, nine, twelve 12 months of lifting. Cause you can make so much progress. Number six, uh, As, as I just kind of said before, progressive overload for a more advanced lifter like myself requires serious strategy and specialization. So we've got to get, we've got to get really smart and clever with how, you know, I would progress my training and normally it comes down to things like complexity uh, when it comes to especially upper body strength stuff. Number seven, progressive overload is much harder when you're losing weight. So when you're in a deficit and you have uh, fat loss or weight loss focus, uh, progressive, ho- progressive overload is a lot harder, especially if it's focused just on how much weight you can lift. And this is where it's really cool to bring in all those other variables, range of motion, quality, control, efficiency. Uh, when you're trying to lose weight. Number eight, progressive overload should never be prioritized over pros- proper form. So progressive overload, like lifting more weight, should never be prioritized over proper form. And I've had some conversations with you, uh, some of you, that I feel are fu- feeling frustrated with certain movements, but yet you're not executing those movements with the standards and qualities that I require and you're not doing it at the tempo that I require. And that's really important. And often we'll cheat ourselves out of that really quickly. So I just need to drill it in to your minds that that's why why I do what I do the way that I do it. That's why we start with bodyweight strength training. That's why I teach you how to execute the movement properly. That's why I have such high standards and qualities for the movement. And that's why I always prescribe a tempo is because that needs to be prioritized over how much weight you can lift. You do that, then you earn the right to add the weight to the bar. Number nine, progressive overload requires more, uh, requires a standardized technique. And so this is really important. If If your technique is changing in a movement, so let's take the single leg RDL that a lot of you are doing. So if that looks technically different every session, it's really hard to apply progressive overload to that. You know, if the knee's bending way more or, um, you know, you're holding on to something or, you know, there's a variable that's changed within the movement, well, then it's hard to apply progressive overload. So we want to standardise the exercise, which is why I have standards and qualities for each movement. And once you could hit those standards and qualities, then we can apply progressive overload uh, in a much more powerful way. Last one, progressive overload sometimes has a mind of its own. So we can create a plan. We can create a strategy. We can have an intention to, you know, lift a certain amount of weight or increase our weight or progress our training. But sometimes our body has, and progressive overload has a mind of its own and it doesn't go to plan. And that's okay because then we just adapt and modify based on what the body is telling us. Okay, so our first step when it comes to progressive overload is standards and qualities, range of motion and tempo. That's our number one stop. That's what we want to focus on first. So pull up your training, look at your training session, say if you've got some form of squat uh, Most of you are working on a wall cyclist squat or a barbell cyclist squat. Some of you are working on your front squat. So let's just take the squat as an example. All right. If you're just starting with your body weight, say, as a cyclist squat on the wall, we can still progress that movement in many ways. So where but the first way that we're progressing our squat or our lower body movement is Qualities, standards, range of motion, and tempo. So am I meeting the qualities and standards that are set out within the movement? Am I going to full range of motion? Do I have control over my body or this weight in this movement at this range of motion? And am I adhering to the prescribed tempo that is uh that is laid out in my program. So, for example, say you start to do a wall cyclist squat and you can just do it with your own body and you can't actually even push back up. So we would be like, all right, we want to hit the qualities and the standards, which is the setup, uh, the back, so the back of the head, the back of the shoulder blades and the butt on the wall the whole time. We want to go to full range, so ass to grass or, you know, hamstrings touch the calf muscles. And we also want to do it at the prescribed tempo, which is the four seconds down. Now, if we can't get back up, we just do the negative and say we just work on the down and working on those standards, those qualities, the control, the range and the tempo. Once we've built the strength there, then we can progress. So then maybe we have the strength to do one or two reps where we actually come back up and then the other six or seven reps are of the negative again. Over time, we're going to increase maybe the volume of work being done. Uh, And so this is a really great way to progress if you're starting with bodyweight strength training. Is that we want to increase the volume or the density of work within the session. So, with that wall cyclist squat, we're focusing on being able to then do all of those eight reps, full range, and coming back up. Then, once we have met that, then we can look at okay, are we doing the, you know, a lot of volume at that? Can we do three sets of eight with our own body? meeting all the standards, meeting the range, and meeting the tempo. Once we can do that, then we can add weight. And then what we would do is maybe we'd have to pull the volume back down. We'd still want to meet the standard, the quality, the control, the range of motion, and the tempo. And so when we have that as a principle of progressive overload, as the number one variable, as the priority, what that means is that the volume... And the intensity might have to change in our training or we might have to change the amount of rest that we do because we're prioritising meeting the standards, the qualities, the range and the tempo. So as we start to add weight, we might have to pull down the amount of reps that we can do at that weight. We might have to rest a little bit longer. That They are all forms of progressive overload. It's the same with our pull-up work. So imagine that, you know, you can't hang on a bar. So we just start, we want to hit the qualities and the standards and this is a little bit harder when it's just hanging. So let's use a a feed-assisted pull-up as an example So I've got certain qualities and standards that I want out of that feed-assisted pull-up. I want you to set yourself up a certain way. I want your body to be positioned under the bar a certain way. I want you to be able to pull through your active. I want the chin over the bar or the collarbone over the bar. I want you to do it at a certain tempo with control. So... That would be your number one priority, not how many feed-assisted pull-ups you could do or how fast you could do them. Can I meet all those standards and qualities at the tempo prescribed? Once you can do that at maybe what I prescribe to be like a three by three, so three sets of three reps, and we can tick off that first You know, step in progressive overload, then we would look at, okay, let's increase the volume of work or the density of work within that session. And so then we would try and do more reps, hitting the standards, the qualities, and the tempo, or more sets. Uh, Then once we can do that, maybe we decrease the rest time. So we're doing more density within the session. Then once you've done that, then maybe we would look at progressing the. Complexity of the movement. So you do a feet assisted pull up, but then you're doing an unassisted negative. And we might have to go back down in volume and density as we increase the complexity of the movement. So there are multiple ways uh, that we can do it within a session and within a movement. But the way I want you to think about it is okay, can I demand more quality? Can I own this movement more? Can I go, can I get more range of motion? So can I go deeper? Can I go further? And can I, am I doing the prescribed tempo? If you can tick all of those three things off, then we can move to potentially doing more volume of work. So an extra set or an extra rep or two, or we could look at the, the others, which we'll look at in our part two, which is increasing the weight. So the framework, that's your framework or your checklist that you're going to take into your training this week, which is am I meeting the qualities and standards, the milestone that Amy has set out in this movement? If she's asking for the pelvis to be in a particular position, am I doing that? If she's asking for, you know, the knee or the hip to be in a particular position, am I doing that? Am I meeting the qualities and the standards? Or am I trying to? Am I trying to? uh The second is, do I have full range of motion in this movement or am I still doing it to a yoga block or am I only doing it to, you know, a target? Now, can I actually slowly start reducing that target so I can access the full range? We want the full range of the movement. We want the distance, the depth. Then the last one is, can I do it with the prescribed tempo? So when I ask for a four second eccentric or a three second eccentric, when I prescribe a tempo, that tempo has a very powerful purpose. It is teaching you control of the movement. It's helping you own the movement. It's building its strength within the movement. So can I do it with prescribed tempo? And if you cannot, well, then we don't add more weight or we don't do more reps or more sets we do what is prescribed with that tempo, or we need to go down in weight so we can hit all of those things on the checklist. So that's your checklist. As you go into your training, that's what I want you to focus on this week. Am I meeting the qualities and standards? Do I have full range of motion? And can I do it with the prescribed tempo? Those are three powerful ways to add progressive overload to every movement within your training. So when you pull up your training program and you look at your exercises, even your preparation, that's the checklist I want you to go through. Am I meeting the qualities and standards? You know, am I really connected to my body and am I connected to this movement? Am I paying attention to what's happening? Am I going to the full range of motion that I have access to right now? And can I do it with a prescribed tempo? All right. That is part one. That's what you're going to take into your training this week. We'll do an activity on Friday in a breakout group where you can look at uh, doing some movements together in the breakout group and prescribing or practicing this first step uh, in progressive overload. So. Qualities and standards, range of motion, and tempo is what you're going to focus on. Then part two, we're going to look at the volume of work. So the reps and the sets and how we can increase that. We'll look at the intensity. So increasing the weight to progress. And then we'll look at rest. So how we can play with rest. So the density of the session. And then we'll look at doing that activity around prescribing progressive overload to a training program. And I'll give you a framework uh, that is very similar to the framework that we just went through. Okay, that was progressive overload part one. Bring your questions to our part two call and I'll see you on Friday. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.